Mondays are usually a struggle for a lot of people. They just seem daunting at times, right? Uh, the whole work week stretches out before you and it's hard to get motivated. Everything just seems worse on Monday. And actually, statistically, everything is worse. On, a lot of things are worse on Monday. Uh, statistics show that 50% of employees are late to work on Mondays. The productivity of the average worker is less than 30% on a Monday. Most people don't even smile. I don't know who's tabulating this, but most people don't smile until 11.16 a.m. Monday morning. There are 20% more heart attacks on Monday than any other day of the week. Monday is the day of the week with the highest suicide rate. There is more dread, there is more stress, there is more dragging our heels as we get back into the swing of things of a work week. And I mean, that's, that's really the thing. Mondays are, are the struggle because uh, we have to go back to work. But not tomorrow, right? You got the day off tomorrow. Uh, I'm guessing uh, that uh, on this Labor Day weekend, and, and maybe you're tracking along here and you're starting to realize that, that I'm jumping a little bit out of, uh, out of sync with, with where we are in the book of Ephesians, just a little bit. So we're going to go to uh, chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 5 in just a minute, uh, where it talks about uh, how we work, uh, the uh, working well, uh, all those types of things, because I thought, you know what, Labor Day weekend, we, we could talk about that and then next week we'll jump back uh, to the passage right before that to get us back uh, caught up where it talks about relationships uh, family relationships and dynamics specifically uh, husbands and wives parents and children those types of things so we're going to jump a little bit ahead and then go back uh, just because it's Labor Day weekend and so it kind of makes sense to talk about work this weekend. We spend, I don't know how many hours you spend, uh, most folks spend uh, 40 to 50 plus hours a week at work. It's what you talk about at social gatherings. It, it might very well be the reason that you live where you live. Uh, often our work dictates the circumstances of our lives. Many times our work, what we do, is a huge part of our identity. And we've been talking about identity a lot. Uh, a lot of times our work uh, determines or, or is part of how we see ourselves. Uh, someone asks us, what do you do? And we answer with, oh, I'm a... Sometimes we might say, oh, I do this, but usually it's, a, it's an identity kind of thing. Uh, our work defines us a lot of times. And, and yet we, we complain about going there. We get stressed out about it. We feel underappreciated and overwhelmed and overworked. And many times our work life and our spiritual life seem to be on opposite sides of who we are. People tend to compartmentalize their lives. And so work doesn't enter into their spiritual life and their spiritual life doesn't bleed over into their work life and sometimes we isolate the sacred from the secular. In the Bible, however, it appears that there is no separation between sacred and secular. It's it's kind of all sacred, right? Our our lives are sacred as we're committed to Christ. When we trust in God, we commit our lives to him, our identity changes, and that spans every part of our lives. So so whether you're an employee or a boss or a student or retired or a stay-at-home parent or fill in the blank, I hope that you'll stop dreading the work that you do. Because God has a plan for you even in the midst of it. There are 168 hours in a week. You spend a couple of those here. Most of you. There are weeks when you don't. Like Labor Day weekend. 
right? No. Uh, I'm up here. I, n- I notice. I, we, we notice these things. When you're, when you're not here, it, it matters. Not because we're keeping tabs, but because we think there's some great stuff going on here. But we spend a couple of those hours each week of those 168 hours. Uh, in a good week, you're spending a couple of those here. I, I'm not saying that you should spend more time here, although maybe you should spend more time here. But I, I'm saying my point in this is that uh, the time that you spend on spiritual things is for a purpose to prepare you for your life when you're not here, right? So you're coming here. Part of this is, is your, your spiritual uh, uh, rejuvenation and encouragement. And as you get that encouragement, it, it propels you to go out into the places where you live in order to bring the presence and the love of God there. And despite what you might think when the alarm goes off on a typical Monday morning, work is not wicked and evil. Uh, many people think work was a part of the curse that God put on humanity after they sinned in the Garden of Eden. And, and it's then that Adam had to work the ground and he had to pull the weeds and he had to work from the sweat of his brow and, and all those sorts of things. But that's, that's just when work got unpleasant. That's actually not the first place that we see work in Scripture. First of all, God worked. Uh, I don't know if you remember the whole Genesis 1 thing. Uh, you know, there's like all these days in the week and God, uh, it, well, Genesis 2-2 describes what happened in, in all of chapter 1. Uh, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished, his, finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God worked Quite a lot, as a matter of fact. You know, just the whole create the whole universe in six days kind of thing. Busy work week, right? And so, so God worked. Uh, if God works, maybe it's not wicked and evil to, to have to work. Sometimes we say, oh, I have to work because of sin and all. But work was around before sin was around. Then we see a few verses later there in, in Genesis, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, uh, God put Adam to work. It says, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So it wasn't just this uh, kick back and watch Netflix while the garden grows kind of existence. Uh, Adam was, was working in the garden before the, 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 the sin, before sin ever entered the picture. This is even before Eve ever entered the picture. Uh, Adam had purpose and he had value in the garden to work it and to take care of it of it work in itself is not bad in fact it's part of God's plan for each of our lives we, we already saw a couple of chapters ago in Ephesians and in, in, uh, actually several chapters ago Ephesians chapter 2 uh, it says that we are God's handiwork so first of all God's working to create each one of us individually right and then and then he has created us in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do and that's not just spiritual ministry good works. Well, I, I need to uh, uh, you know, clean the church uh, every so often. And by the way, we could use a couple more of those people feeling that, that uh, push. But um, uh, it, it's not just this, the, uh, the ministry work. But God has created you to be productive, to work, to make a difference in this world for him. Work isn't bad or sinful or awful. It's part of God's design for you and and, and for this world. Uh, Now, because of sin, work is more difficult than it would have been without uh, sin's influence, without the curse that has come with it. But work itself is not evil. So, sorry to say, but you can't say that Monday is a work of the devil. Uh, it's it's, It's not wicked and evil. 
So with all that as a backdrop, so that's just a, man, just a a real quick uh, idea of what work is. Uh, All that as a backdrop, we're going to jump ahead now into Ephesians chapter 6 beginning in verse 5 and we'll see what it says about our work. And as we do, you'll notice that this passage actually refers to slaves and masters. And you say, well, I'm not a slave and I don't have a master. And uh, well, the the equivalent, the modern day equivalent of this passage uh, would be uh, employees and bosses. Um, The uh, the slaves and masters that that he's referring to is is a lot like these guys uh, rented them or worked themselves, uh, these were the jobs that they did. And their master was their boss. And so if we bring that into uh, our society today, these same principles apply uh, in the work that we do. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. We'll read verses 5 through 9, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Work with enthusiasm. Is that how people would describe you on a Monday morning or a Thursday afternoon or somewhere in between? Verse 6 says that, that, that we need to work or we need to do the will of God with all of our heart. We need to work with enthusiasm. You've heard the phrase, put your heart into it. That's what we're talking about. You know uh, when, when someone's not doing this, right? We say, oh, their heart's not in it. Unfortunately, the, uh, the roads are loaded with people every morning of the work week whose hearts aren't into the work that they're heading toward. They're not working with enthusiasm. We say they're just phoning it in or, or, or they're just walking through the motions or they're, they're just collecting a paycheck. But this says that there's no place for that among followers of God. Uh, we're different now. Remember, we have a new identity. We put off the old self, put on the new self. Well, how does that affect what I do uh, in, in my work week? Well, it, it affects it a lot. We need to do that. We need to do that with enthusiasm. We need to put our heart into it. What, what does it look like to work with enthusiasm. I'm sure there's a lot of things involved. I I came up with four this morning. Uh, One is that we're going to work with excellence. We're going to do our best. When you're doing something with all of your heart, you're going to do it with excellence. You're you're putting uh, your muscle and your time and your gifts and your brain uh, uh, at it to to do your best. Uh, Another thing I think that's involved is that there's a passion involved. There's a drive that's present when I'm working with all of my heart. It, it comes from getting a, a bigger vision than just the mundane tasks that are, that are in front of me. Maybe you've heard the story of, uh, of uh, Christopher Wren, the architect who, uh, who, who designed St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And uh, he, he, at one point, they, they say that he was walking through the construction site while they're building this, this great cathedral. And, and he started asking some of the masons that were working there, uh, laying stone upon stone and building this, this place. And he started talking to them, well, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm laying bricks. Or this other guy says, oh, I'm, just, I'm just stacking stones. And, and then he came up to this one guy who was mixing up the cement and, and he seemed cheerful and enthusiastic. It was a little bit different than a lot of these other guys he was talking to. And Christopher Wren asked, him what are you doing and he said I am building a magnificent cathedral 
and he's just mixing concrete. But he caught the vision of the big picture of what he's doing. There was a passion there. There's a, there's a vision and a passion that shines through even while we're completing mundane things. Working with enthusiasm means we'll work with vision and passion. It also means we're going to have some morality and integrity, right? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm working with all my heart, I'm going to uphold moral standards. There are usually opportunities from time to time in most jobs where you could be tempted to cut corners, or to lie a little bit, or to cheat in some way. Working with all your heart won't involve cutting corners because you'll uphold moral and ethical standards. And one more thing that I think comes, maybe you haven't associated with your job, and that's joy. Uh, Maybe joy isn't the word that springs to mind when you think work. Uh, You might think things like stress or difficult or crazy busy or, or dread. Uh, but if I'm working with enthusiasm, if my passion is there, if I'm doing my best, if I'm all in, if I'm fulfilling a purpose, then there's joy in that. Work with enthusiasm. I think we're beginning to see uh, how this goes against what seems to be our typical approach to the, to the work week. And yet it, that's the expectation that... that Paul says that as, as our new identity, as followers of Christ, that we've put off the old self, we're put on the new self, and, and so the, uh, the uh, expectation is that I'm going to work at it with all my heart, that I have a purpose, that I was made to work with all my heart, because you and I have an awesome boss. Some of you were with me until I said that, and then your boss came to mind, and you were like, yeah, I don't think so. Whether you think your boss at your work is great or not, whether you work outside the home or not, whether you're an employee or a student or a boss or a business owner or whatever you find yourself doing, work at it with all your heart because God is really your boss. It says. It's woven throughout this passage. Verse 5 says we need to serve our masters as we would serve Christ. Uh, verse 6 says that we are slaves of Christ. Verse 7 says work as though you were working for the Lord, not people. Verse 9 says both masters and slaves have the same master in heaven. We're working as though we're not answering, uh, we're working as though we are answering to God, not just to our earthly boss. No matter what we're doing, we need to work like God is the one we're trying to please. And so, does that change things? What if it was God, not your supervisor, who was going to fill out your annual review? Does that change how you work along the way? What if God, not your boss, was asking you to do that task that you thought was beneath you? Would you go ahead and do it anyway with a smile on your face? Or would you grouse and complain all the way along doing it? What if it was God, not your boss, who was determining if you were going to get a raise or not? (laughs) Might work a little bit differently. That's how we should be working because God is our boss. We we work at our tasks enthusiastically with all of our hearts as if we're working for the Lord. We know what it's like to work for human bosses, right? I mean, we've all been there. We could tell stories. I I love hearing stories of people's first job, right? And uh, some of the things that we slogged through um, in, in, in our work life. Working for human bosses, we usually, you know, we do enough to get by. 
we don't let him catch, catch us slacking off. We, we uh, take credit for his, as many good ideas as possible so that we can get the credit and, and uh, get a thumbs up. We, we look to our employer as the source of our stability in life. Uh, we, we might cut a few corners, nothing too terrible, but we might. I, I heard of one idea. Um, when you leave for the day, uh, leave your glasses on your desk. And that way, if anybody pokes their head in a little bit and they see your glass, oh, he's just off somewhere else, he'll be right back. And they think that you're still there working hard, right? Uh, I'm, I don't think I was supposed to tell you that. That'll be the only thing that you, that you take from this service today. Some of you catch the wrong, you know, the illustration. I got to watch how, anyway. In my, I've told you about uh, my first job as a dishwasher. Uh, I was, uh, I washed dishes at a place that uh, that hosted wedding receptions and corporate uh, dinners and those kinds of things. And and at first it was a little overwhelming, but it didn't take too long to to get uh, get pretty proficient at the job. And I, I got to the place where I was I was uh, getting things done so quickly that I was just standing around. And then people would see that I was just standing around, and they would find something else for me to do, so I could be helpful. And uh, and so what I found in working for this uh, uh, this this place and working for a, a human boss, um, I found that it was helpful for me to, uh, to do a good job, but not too good of a job, because otherwise they would find something else for me to do. Things that I didn't necessarily want, I mean, I was already washing dishes, I'm not sure how much worse it could get, but, um, but uh, I, I, I basically had in my head that uh, my job was just look busy. That was what I, that's what I did, because then, you know, so I'd pace myself, and I'd slow down a little bit at times, because I didn't want to have to go do that and help it. We know what it's like to work for human bosses. There are corners that we cut, and things that we do, and, and we slack off, and working for God is different. When we're working for God, we're all in, because God is, uh, is, is, has ultimate authority, because God is our boss, he's in charge, and one other thing that this says, uh, God gives bonuses, I don't know if you saw that there. It says, it says that there's a reward here. If you and I work hard, we do our best, we put our whole heart into it, there's a reward in eternity. At the end of time, there's a, there's a judgment day, and, and we'll all be accountable for how we've done our work, how we've lived our lives, including how we've done our work. And, and I guess we could think of it as the ultimate job performance review. And, and so we stand before God. It sounds a little scary. It sounds quite ominous. But actually, this says if we're all in and we're working enthusiastically and we're working with all of our heart, then, then it's actually quite good because it's couched here in a positive sense, not a negative sense. You'll, you'll receive eternal rewards when you work diligently for God. It doesn't say what those rewards are. I'm guessing it's not a cash bonus because I don't think we'll need that, Right? Some people say maybe it's an extra jewel in your crown. It also says in Revelation that when we worship the Lord uh, in heaven, we'll throw our crowns at his feet. So I'm not sure that we really really care whether there's jewels in our crown or not. Maybe it's a a bigger man. I don't know what it is. It says that there's rewards. Whatever it looks like, he's talking here about wonderful blessings in heaven for eternity if we work now with all of our heart. If we work now fulfilling our purpose, if we work now knowing that God is our boss and we're working for him, not for just our physical, our earthly boss. It's, it's, a, it's an eternal pension plan, I guess we could say. That means, and maybe this is, this is the one thing that jumped out at me more than anything else in this passage. 
That means that your work has eternal implications, even if it doesn't appear to have eternal value. I just do, da 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 That doesn't have anything to do with eternity. Well, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I don't even work outside the home. That doesn't really... Your work has eternal implications even if it doesn't appear to have eternal value. Maybe it doesn't appear to have eternal value, but how you do your job has eternal significance because God is your boss and you're working for him. And so it matters how we work. And and, and that really changes everything. Because our identity has changed, because, because we've put off our old life and we've put on the new life, because we've been, been, been changed, it's going to show up in how we work. Here's a question to ask yourself. Maybe, maybe this is one to take with you to, uh, to spend some time wrestling with between you and Jesus in the quiet of of your uh, work week this week. What would be different this week if I did the will of God with all my heart and worked in enth- with enthusiasm at my job? Would anything change? Would anything change in how I work if I was doing it, doing the will of God with all my heart and I'm working with enthusiasm at my job? Your next day on the, probably not tomorrow, right? Maybe, maybe two, whenever you head back to work. Whatever work that you do, what if you approached it from that perspective? What if what what would be different? Would you would you change your routine at all? Would you change your words at all? Would you change who you hung out with at all? Would you stick around in that conversation or would you separate yourself from that negative place? Would there be any corners that you would stop cutting? Would there be anything you needed to admit? Or confess, or staplers you needed to return. <laughs> maybe, maybe it would mean working with an attitude of joy instead of complacency or negativity. That's the uh, that's the so what from this whole passage. I think we keep that rattling around in our head this week. From the minute the the alarm goes off, God is my boss today. How am I going to work with? enthusiasm and give it all I've got work with all my heart our new identity doesn't just change our spiritual lives for an hour or two on a Sunday morning it changes how we work father God as we go from this place today we uh, we will step into things that you have prepared in advance for us to do for a lot of us that means a job of some sort uh, for for some it might mean uh, uh, family responsibilities, it might mean uh, other uh, things that we've signed up to do that are helping others, it could be uh, a whole host of things in our community, in our family, in our, in our jobs, even as students. Lord, I just pray that we can, we can honor you with how we do our work. I pray, Lord, that, that you'll help us to see that you have made us for so much more than just a spiritual life that, that just takes place a couple of hours a week. Lord, I pray that that you would inspire us. Lord, if there needs to be uh, a change made, Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage to make those changes. I I pray that that, that we can truly work uh, with enthusiasm, no matter what we do, knowing that how we work has eternal implications. 
Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the, the ways that, that you desire us to make a difference in this world. And we pray that you would do it as we, as we uh, step into life with you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.